Hello. Hey. <laughs> super, super excited. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey. How are you, Juice? Welcome <laughs> hey. to a new episode. Thanks. You too. How are you? I'm good. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel happy. I'm good. All good. Not happy. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? Love it. Uh, you're happy. I am happy. <laughs> when you hear me do this, chop chop. I am not happy. <laughs> this is an inside you. joke, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it was a commercial way back in the day yeah. from the Swedish uh, Defense Department. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to recruit people to to the defenses, yep. to the front line, to the frontier of being a military soldier. <laughs> and uh, they had this Japanese guy. To me, right now, it seems kind of racist, right? <laughs> Have a, J a Japanese guy. He's, uh, like doing this chop chop i am not happy yeah it does actually yeah it, it really does it's it's so funny now how they made I, I mean kind of fun of different cultures taking over our country so you should enroll in the in the <laughs> army or something it's crazy yeah, it was something, about, something about that yeah that's kind of fun anywho yeah um so maxiboy what do you want to talk about today well, you wanted to talk about something which was yeah, very interesting. Yeah, that was a rhetorical question. Uh, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> hey, today I want to talk about feedback. Hey, hey. Yeah. And yeah, feedback uh, in all kinds of shapes and forms. And as such, I want to dedicate this episode to one of our listeners. There is uh, there's a guy called Salim Okanovic, uh, who's a who's a friend of my brother's. And he is a, what do you say, construction engineer? Uh, yeah, that he, would be accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And he does basically a lot of building, designing, and those kinds of th stuff. Not related at all to gaming. However, he is uh, one of our listeners, and he has been... He gave my brother some feedback and said, Hey, you got to tell, tell your brother this. I love it. And I was super psyched to hear about it. Yeah. And well, therefore... You know, and therefore I want to dedicate it to it, yeah. to that kind of a comment. Like, thank you for your feedback, Salim. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it's Keep uh, them coming. it's appreciated. And our podcast, I mean, while it's focused on, uh, of course, game design and technology in general, I mean, it's for everybody to listen to. It's it's nothing that is uh, exclusive for you know indie game developers. Uh, if it, you know, gaming has become. Uh, such a big part of our lives and also game development and technology has has become so, so accessible these days so uh, people are getting interested you know we get cloud gaming and people are getting more and more interested in game design it's it you have all the game engines out there and all the technology so i mean everybody can be interested so everybody's welcome to listen uh, if they find it interesting, they might learn something uh, in the process and, and increase their knowledge. So, I mean, everybody's welcome. So, yeah, then we'll dedicate the episode to him and thank you for the feedback. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So today's episode about feedback. Um, you can you can do you can talk about this topic in a bunch of different ways. And I want to. There's there are a couple of different things that I, that I thought of when i thought of this topic first off should you as a developer always have to listen to f player feedback is the player always right is it something that we always that we strive to do to always listen to the to the player 
do developers always do it or do they just crap on every kind of feedback that, <laughs> that they get <laughs> I, you know there there's been this this notion of these triple a studios not listening to to game developers oh, i mean to gamers anyway so yeah. why would you even want to go and flame them or go onto reddit and yeah yeah express yeah. your feelings so to speak yeah uh, but I think feedback in uh, that is basically something that has that part of feedback uh, is just a myth because every every game developer, however big or small, has to listen to a to a gamer, and they do it all the time, and they do it uh, not only after the game has shipped in terms of patches, but also before you know in terms of game testing. I mean, heck, even the the concept of beta testers is basically taking in a bunch of people to try the game out. Yeah, I know that. I mean, the the triple A studios are taking in streamers and such uh, and giving them access to early versions of of the game. Um, And they they listen to feedback from um, known, you know, big streamers that do play a lot of games and make a lot of content. I know that uh, I th- I think they they've done it. You know, Valorant. We we talk about Valorant uh, a bunch of times because we uh, we occasionally play it. But I know that some streamers were invited on um, on the new map design as well. Uh, so they oh, could good. yeah yeah. So they could they could like give feedback on what they thought, what they want, what they wanted to change, what they didn't think was good. Because I mean, a lot of these guys are uh, old pros. Um, and a lot of players that have played Valorant as well are CS:GO pros, um, so they invite them as well to um, to get their their feedback basically uh, if they think it's a good map and it, not only that but gameplay in general. So um, they are listening, I would say. Yeah, uh, but there's also a different kind of topic in terms of feedback that I want to touch on as well, and that's the kind of feedback that you need to implement as a game developer in order to get your players going in the right direction like music the audio uh whatever happens when you swing a sword uh the feedback that you get in terms of a rumble feature those kinds of stuff yeah so uh yeah that is basically the topic that i want to talk about um that i want to discuss with you yeah um yeah so let's just start off with you said the valorant had some feedback stuff uh taken yeah yeah people from the pros uh i think in terms of games the csgo community is basically shifting i would say i've i've heard a lot i've read a lot on people uh saying that the csgo scene is it's a dying ship <laughs> it might um, be um... and people are like shifting away from it to to this new to valorant in this case um yeah it might be i mean um csgo is a game that it hasn't i i won't i won't speculate too much but the the core of the game hasn't changed in a long time um i think that they brought out new maps and stuff but you know there's there's a there's a big difference between games like valorant where it's uh, more about you know or not more about but it's a combination of abilities and your champ and everybody plays as a a certain individual with a certain set of skills 
while in uh, CS:GO it's a bit different because it's it's more a generic individual, but then you have different types of weapons and different types of grenades and firebombs and smokes and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, so every player is basically the same. Yeah, it's just a, the, it's just your skill that sets you off from the it, other ones. Exactly. I mean, you don't you don't have abilities in in terms of alts and uh, dashes and you know stuff like that. There's there's basically terrorists and anti anti terrorists, and you just yeah you just play play to win. It's the same concept of planting a bomb and defusing a bomb and stuff like that, but um there's no um difference between the characters that you're playing basically it's not like valorant um yeah. and and this concept hasn't changed i mean csgo is pretty old now um and i i know that they might have done some graphical updates i won't say because i i'm not the biggest csgo player i played it some while, a while back um but um yeah they've they've done some updates and I, I they might have brought out some new maps and stuff um but i guess that's it the concept of of the the game has always been the same and they haven't brought any new weapons that i know of anyway maybe skins and stuff but valorant does does that too so yeah yeah you said something about the the core of the game hasn't really changed and um i really like the the concept of not changing the core of a game uh, that much because if you if you change the game core then you change the game in in its entirety and that might affect your player base sure you're probably gonna get some people play it but you're probably gonna lose more players because of it yeah i mean it's a risky strategy of course because the community that you built around your game is not the same community anymore um yeah. when you when you change the core so it, it's gonna be an entirely different game i mean if you if you introduce something if you introduce game modes you know valorant has game modes um that's that's one thing but if you actually change the core like oh you don't have to plant a spike you're just capture the flag now or something else then it's it's a whole different game um so those those small changes and and make a difference and and people might not like that of course your your community is it something right now, that the is it something that players have had the issue an issue with and expressed their issue somewhere uh i don't think so um okay so in, so in other words the feedback or the lack thereof is basically a, a receipt that hey your 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 game is actually doing pretty well, well you don't have to change anything it can be yeah um what i like what game developers are doing now is that they um they're starting because we're talking about feedback they're they're starting reddits for these types of things and you know developers are are a, a part of reddit and are there to actually answer concerns and i know that you know everything uh, every service that has been launched has a reddit I, it's not just games it's like geforce now um which is the cloud cloud-based uh, gaming thing has a reddit of course stadia has a reddit uh microsoft x cloud has a reddit uh all of these services also have reddits and they do listen i mean a lot of people will complain so you need to apply some kind of filter of course um but i think it's good i mean it, it's a more direct interaction and it's a shorter feedback loop i i guess yeah but that's also one of the things that 
if you if you create a conversation with your players, then the ones that are that are annoyed, the ones that actually express their their annoyance, their issues with the game, those people get an understanding as to why you're taking certain decisions. And that is really important because if you if you could just convert some of that negativity into an understanding, then those people that are expressing their negative feelings are actually becoming your your best tools to suppress other negativities. Um, there, there are a couple of different kinds of players that we talked on, uh, touched on previously. There, these you know socializers, those who actually want to just play the game just because they want to socialize with people. There are those who want to express uh, their super strength and kill people basically and show off all of their skills and etc. Uh, the explorers and uh, those who just want to explore the world. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of those guys who just walks up to a wall and just looks at it and sees, hey, okay, there's a poster here. What does this poster signify? What is what is the meaning of actually having a poster here? Uh, and there's also a fourth one, which I just don't uh, recall right now, but the, my, my, my point is the ones that show off their skills, the ones that are called killers in one certain model of ca- characterizing the, the player types, those killers are the ones that are trolling on these forums. Mm, yeah. But if you can just if you could just flip it on its head, its head, you'll you'll see that those people are just highly motivated by the game. They are really, they really love the game that much to be able to express their negativity in such a way. They they actually need to go sit in front of the computer and log into Reddit and you know type all these three A4s, <laughs> uh, like a thousand words, negative feedback to the devs. <laughs> uh, but that's just that's just one way to express that they're actually really invested in the game. Yeah, yeah. So if you can if you could just convert them into your into some of your what is it called ambassadors, they're yeah. gonna be like the best ones uh, out there for you because they will they will stand up for you as a developer and say that hey, they they point to a blog post for instance, and they're gonna say hey just look at this read this this is the reason <clears throat> this is the reasoning behind uh, changing the ending of Mass Effect 3, for instance. Uh, that was well, one of the things that the developers had to go back to because, well, the feedback they got was, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I haven't played it myself, and but I've read a lot of buzz about it, uh, a lot of negativity, and it just makes me as a game developer, but also as a gamer, curious as to why is this really that bad. And I, I just want to play the game. Yeah, yeah. No, it's un- understandable. I-, I think that, you know, they w- Reddit also gives you the possibility to kind of air out your opinions, right? If you're very frustrated yeah. with something, instead of keeping it inside of you, uh, I mean, because w- you and me, we-, we game a lot together. And of course, if there is frustration with a certain aspect of a certain game where we think that, you know, game design-wise or logic wise or something else this this sucks we can always talk to each other so we can air out our opinions to each other but not (laughs) everybody has that you know that opportunity to kind of have this 
person that understands what you mean uh, and shares your op opinion. So you can you can kind of complain about stuff, um, but Reddit helps them with with that. If you don't have the opportunity uh, to do that to other people maybe you have friends that are not that interested in gaming or you know something or are not interested in that specific game because i mean while we play uh, a lot of games together we we do play different games like destiny 2 i played a lot of destiny 2 and there are some annoyances there um that you know since you haven't played that game i can't really tell you it's like juice oh they did this and they did that and you're, you're gonna be like what i don't even know what that means because you're not into the game uh, in the same way um so reddit actually gives you um some some airing out space i guess um and it's good you know i i like that yeah all right um i don't know if i like that but <laughs> <laughs> I guess that you can have like separate reddits uh, or subreddits for for uh, those kinds of frustrations. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing, uh, one general consensus, or actually just a note uh, from a game developer's standpoint, is that the all the negative feedback that you get is basically coming from a minority. The the negative feedback, the, the things that you that people complain about in your game those people are basically just i don't know maybe five percent maybe two percent maybe ten percent of your actual player base that does not mean that your game sucks it's just that the ones that express their feelings are the ones that are vocal the yeah ones exactly that, that yeah. really like the game they just say hey it's a good one but that's about it yeah. they don't go into read like reddits and whatnot and write negative reviews and stuff yeah yeah so yeah just make sure that the the feedback that you get from from the people is actually also taken into context uh of this is actually just a there's just a few people that are having an issue with the game yeah and and also i mean it's we we talked a bit about about feedback um i think we might have talked when we had our guest uh, last time a, a little a little bit about that but it's also i mean some some people will just say oh this game sucks it's like that's you know that's i wouldn't even call that feedback you know that's nothing that's just one person expressing an opinion to actually have feedback i mean it's okay to criticize a game that's very good um but you need to say why it sucks just saying a game is sucks that's that's nothing that you you need to be concerned about uh, at least i i don't think so because that's yeah, but the just... problem is people uh generally don't know what the what the problem is why it really sucks there's something there that nags them but they really don't know what it is for instance uh, i know that uh the 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 ones who did the witcher 3 game i can't remember which uh project it is uh yeah they went they went back and redid the whole uh, character control thing because it was that was the problem with why it felt stiff why why the character really didn't feel alive as the rest of the game okay but that wasn't feedback that they really got it was just something people just said there is something wrong with this game i don't i can't really put the words in but it's definitely something there and 
the ones, uh, what were they called? Project Red? Yeah, CD Project uh, Red. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they actually identified the problem, and yeah, the, the result was they, they went in and fixed the, the player control. No, that, that's so that's uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, it's very, very hard um, to um, to correct something when not even the user or the gamer uh, knows what it is. It He or she just knows that, well, like you said, it's something there, but I can't really define it. I can't put my yeah. finger on it. It's it's very, and that's very hard. I mean, it's that's extremely hard. Because if you have a gamer with very, you know, um, concrete opinions, where when they, they say, well, I don't like the gaming system here, I, long, I don't like the logic here, that's, you know, that's kind of easy to check and see or respond to and say, well, it's intended that way because of these reasons. Um, or, oh, yeah, you're right. This is actually not that good. We're, we're going to take a look at it. That's the, the easy kind of feedback, of course. Um, but yeah, if enough, if enough people say, oh, this is bad for some reason, then yeah, that's reason for concern. And then you might need to um, kind of investigate even further into why are they saying this? But that's very hard, you know, because it, it's, if it's something undefi- undefined... Yeah, it, takes, then... it takes more resources and more time to actually pin down. Yeah, because I guess you, I mean, what's the process there? I don't know how they did it, but I, I guess yeah, that in terms of play control, I don't really know. Uh, in term, in in the case of Witcher Three, uh, I I can't remember, but I know that they went back and they changed the the, the player control. Yeah, because uh, I wonder how they came to that conclusion then. If they had, you know, testers in their, uh, in their labs or labs, their offices, and you know, they were asked to take a look at the game again or something uh, i don't know what the process might might be there um how, well, how to just go on top of my head i don't really know exactly what they did but i would say that they they would put in new players uh players that haven't really played the game at all and they would also add uh, a couple of mid like core gamers and also some really professional players and just make sure that everyone has the right setting, the exact same setting from the beginning, and they play through, I don't know, maybe half an hour or something. And there's this thing, there are, different, there are a couple of different things you can do as a tester. For instance, you can have uh, biometrics and stuff to test out. But in this, in this case, I guess that they didn't really think in terms of biometrics because... In the end, the, the player control, or maybe not. Maybe biometrics were a really cool thing to make use of. I'm guessing. I'm thinking of uh, where where did the the heart rate start to get like intense? Yeah. Uh, where do you as a player look? Uh, which buttons do you press at the same time? All those things are really interesting to see in in combination. Yeah. Not as separate things, but also but in combination, as like when you when you say that you're playing Super Mario and you get to a wall, which buttons do you pr- do you press? Where do you look? Uh, do you get frustrated and start button mashing? All those things are really interesting in terms of data, data yeah. collection. 
And using that data, you can then make an informed decision, I guess, in terms of Witcher 3 uh, remake, so to speak, the, 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 the controller. Yeah, I guess if you have enough measured data, you can you can definitely find a pattern, probably. Um, yeah, in the oh, thing. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and, you know, every game out there nowadays, especially online games, they, they collect so much data from you. And... Uh, they they really do use that data to tweak the games. Yeah. Uh, League of Legends, for instance, or any MOBA game, uh, they they use all kinds of data in terms of which players go against which, what is the the skill level, um, what yeah. characters are you playing against each other, uh, are there any items that go together with this with this character uh, that are basically not really the same as previously. Is this an outlier or is this starting to become a pattern? All those things play into to the meta of a game. Yeah, and that's uh, that's very interesting. Um, I I also I was wondering actually. So, <clears throat> what do we think? How how much of the negative data or negative data? Sorry, negative feedback. Should you care about? Should you care about everything? No, definitely not everything, because people. What they express as a negative feedback is often just a symptom of something that is more underlying, something that is more closer to the core of the game. Yeah. Now, I know that there was there was one thing uh, in, ter- I think it was Resident Evil 3, and then they made a Resident Evil 3 remake. Uh, I think for a Switch, maybe, or maybe the PlayStation 4. Could I can't be, remember. Yeah, there's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, it could be PlayStation Four or PlayStation Three. I can't. Yeah, even I know remember. that they did. They went through all their Resident Evil games and made remakes for them. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and there was there's this character, I can't remember what his name is, uh, Mister X or something, and he's really annoying in the in the first game. He just pops up, uh, follows you around, and it's basically really annoying, uh, <laughs> hard to get. I think it was an enemy. I can't remember. I haven't played it, so... Yeah. Um, and people were really annoyed by that character. So what Capcom did was they toned down the the amount of times that the character was popping up in the game. And the the, the players really hated it for some reason. <laughs> instead, I mean, there were, there were so many negative feedbacks, comments... Uh, <laughs> on that on that specific character that they they went ahead and said okay let's let's fix it and they fixed it and it was worse than not having than having it around so, <laughs> so no you should crazy. definitely not you should definitely not take in everything into consideration yeah i mean that's a that's a fun that's a funny one actually that's yeah, it a because <laughs> it's like it's so clear feedback, but still it isn't. It's like, oh, well, why did you? It's like Jar Jar Binks in the in the Star Wars, right? <laughs> exactly. Like what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there's also there's also another another type of aspect uh, of feedback, in uh, that people take in. Uh, I mean, the game developers. There are a lot of games out there that are they're made to be hard. They're hard to be played. I mean. They're supposed to be hard. Uh, and the problem with those kinds of games is that they they exclude a bit of your player base. Yeah. 
Um, so a lot of the developers have these uh, difficulty levels put in to the game for you to explore uh, in order to like add more players to the to the play base. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but there's also a tweak to that. And one of the things that I really like with Soma, uh, it's basically a horror game-ish, in a sci-fi-ish uh, setting, uh, is that they added this thing called safe mode, which is basically removing all the the fear elements-ish from the game, uh -huh. so that you, you as a ga gamer could just uh, play through the game, yeah. through the story, get to know the play, uh, the, the game. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, that also... was very interesting, actually, because, you know, you might like the game, but you don't like horror games. Um, and, and then, because I guess Soma is a horror game, right? Um, yeah, it is a sci-fi horror. Yeah. Um, I but then again, if you remove it, if you remove the horror aspect of it, is it the same game? Probably not, I guess. Because I... you're removing the, the, the horror yeah of, exactly i mean say that you go to 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 a publisher and say that hey i have this super awesome horror game but hey also in order to make people want to play this game we remove all the horror <laughs> <laughs> is this really a horror game then yeah it's 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 kind of like because uh, uh, horror games i mean a part of the core element of the game is the horror right i mean a lot of yeah. a lot of the game what you do in the game, your setting, your music, uh, how how you design stuff is built to bring in that element of fear. It's the same as, for example, an FPS game where you all the things that you do are adapted to a, the player seeing a first-person view, right? Um, but then it's it's kind of like doing the same on an FPS game where it's third-person. It's like <laughs> to bring in a bit more people into this, we made it third person as well. If you we, choose, we made it, it top down. So yeah, you can see yeah. all the enemies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're coming. You're coming behind a corner there. I can see you. No, no problems. So you're that's <laughs> but you're not too scary. A... Sorry, I just want to open the door for you. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, we can become chaps. Old chap, come on, let's drink some coffee. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it it is, but at the same time, sure. You know, if if it brings in more players and. Uh, more, it's more accessible i guess you would have to adapt it in in some way but yeah it's uh i wouldn't say it's the same game no 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 that's that's a, a different game within this game i i, I guess uh, yeah but also if you if you think in terms of a gamer the the one that is about to buy the game for from you would you as a gamer pay i don't know what the, what that game cost say 20 dollars would you pay $20 just to play a safe mode uh, of a game that is actually a horror game? Yeah, uh, that's that's a good point. I don't know. Maybe it depends. Um, I would watch I, a YouTube video on it to see how it looks like and then decide, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely not pay for a game that is supposed to be something but then turns out to be something else just because of the storyline uh that i can just watch on youtube or whatever there are, there are player players playing that game uh yeah outside of true. the game itself so well, just that just me but also 
Of course, if you want to support the game developers, please do. Uh, you could just buy the game and not play the game and watch it on YouTube anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in in all honesty, I guess yeah, support support and buy your your games, of course. But you know, don't buy them if you're you're never gonna pl- play them. Then you can just support a developer that whose games you actually play, I guess. Um, but yeah, if you have uh, millions and millions of dollars, then of Send course. It to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you Even a better it point. <laughs> it's okay. I can I can spend them. There's no problem. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, but you know, it's um, yeah, it's a it's a fine line there um, between uh, doing these types of things because I know one one company that we talk about this a lot. I don't know why, but it just comes up but you know because you're you were talking about games that exclude a lot of players and i know you know for example the dark soul souls games do exclude a bunch of players just because they're so hard um um and the same thing went went with bloodborne for the ps4 uh it was very hyped a lot of people weren't really uh sure what they were getting themselves into and um yeah upon realizing how hard the game is even you know running normal mode um a lot of players just left because it's just too hard um it's not their type of game so um, yeah it's it's definitely but they they never you know they never kind of made this uh, these types of compromises with the dark souls games where you can go in a super easy mode where everything is unlocked um, just because the core of the game is that it's supposed to be very hard. Uh, you're supposed to want to kill yourself after playing <laughs> the same thing over and over again. I want to know the statistics of how many people actually <laughs> kill themselves after, after playing that game. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I, maybe maybe statistics on how many uh, Smash controllers and keyboards would be oh, yeah. more interesting, I guess. <laughs> how much money did people actually lose after buying that game? Yeah. Because you know, within the within the Dark Souls community, a lot of people are very very tolerant. Uh, it's the it's kind of the first um, the first place where I saw a lot of, of a lot of uh, comments like it's not the game's fault, it's your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> because people are like, well, I'm just dying and dying and dying. I'm never gonna make this. Uh, they were desperate, and then um, that community is so used to these types of games. So it was like, well, you know, it's not the game's fault. The game is doing what the game is supposed to do. They have surprisingly few bugs in those games. Um, so it's like the community has understood uh, the concept and the core of the game. They know what to expect, but anytime a new player comes and they complain about, oh, I died so many times, um, the community kind of says, well, yeah, that's uh, that's how the game goes. Um, just get better at it, right? So you play and you play and you die and you game you play yeah. again and then you die. Yeah, and that's that's kind of a of an example where they do receive feedback, but that community is so um, strong in some way that they uh they kind of answer that's themselves they know what they're that's but what they, that's because they know what they're getting into yeah, yeah that's, that's what i was touching on previously that create the conversation with the players so that they know 
what kind of a game they're expecting, what kind of changes are you as a developer adding to to the game? What are the what are the the metas, um, the meta shifts? What is uh, this new character that you're throwing into the game, yeah. and how does this new map change the gameplay, etc.? All of those things, if you could just talk to people about it and create an understanding of what the the, the players can expect, then the the shock of actually finding out uh, becomes much less uh, prevalent. And that's what I think the the community community of the uh, what was it called uh, the Bloodborne uh, the Souls games yeah uh, why they are so strong together because they know what they expect whenever they buy a new Souls game they know it's going to be hard they know they got they're going to need a lot of alcohol a lot of painkillers <laughs> a lot of I don't know <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> going to be a lot of tears they know they know yeah, exactly what to expect yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but to be honest I mean. It's a it's a much smaller community, I would imagine. Um, I don't know how how big of a community it is. Uh, I know that the games are immensely popular um, anyway because they're just gorgeously made. Uh, there's a lot of thought put into them, um, a lot of story and 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 all that. So um, and I know I played I played all those games. I, I even played Bloodborne, and it was. Um, a beautiful game, uh, very well engineered, uh, well designed, well thought out uh, with regards to both um, the level design. Uh, if you haven't heard of our, uh, about our level design, we have an episode so you guys can listen to that. Um, but they, you know, they just put a lot of thought and a lot of um, energy and care into their games, and it's noticeable, you know. Um, so I know that they're popular, but you know i'm i doubt that the community is huge uh it's it's not like the fortnite community um well i think nothing is like the yeah fortnite true <laughs> or the league of legends community or the, these types of games you know they, they have that's much why it's bigger so we, that's why it's so important for you as a developer to know your audience because you need to make before you actually create the game you need to make sure that you know who your audience is who you're trying to cater to yeah and having this niche audience is something that's really good for you as a developer. Yeah, and uh, this is. is one of the reasons because you know, if you have your community that is set around the the core gameplay of a game, then you you're probably gonna know how much you're gonna sell the next time you're adding this new installment in the franchise. Yeah, because you're. Not only are you gonna are you gonna make a lot of market research, but also take feedback from your core audience. You you wanna you you wanna ask them bluntly, straight out, what do you want to have in this new game, or this new feature we're thinking about? Would that work for you? Yeah. And then just see what the the response is. Yeah, I mean. Um... Then, uh, no, I was just I w- just wanted to say that also I th- it feels for me that the Dark Souls games are often more aimed at an older audience. Um, you would think so, but I think there's a there's also a, a younger audience that is really hardcore. Probably, yeah, yeah. probably. Um, but yeah, it just it just feels that way. I don't know. There there are yeah, definitely. That's because of the 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 artistic style of the game. And yeah. the, the hardships as you, the, that yeah. you as a 
gamer have to go through yeah um so i think that you know it kind of to um you need a lot of patience and i think that older people are um more a lot more patient than younger younger people um i have a question for you maxi boy yeah since you played the souls games uh you're more avid than i am in terms of souls is the game or are the games really that hard because you don't because the the enemies are too strong or your your timing needs to be perfect or is it such that you as a game as a gamer have to figure out stuff on your own you don't get these walk this way press this button these these effects the these actual subliminal feedbacks yeah that you're getting from other games yeah i know what you mean i think it's a combination of all those three actually um in uh are you know they they don't hint on anything uh and enemies in some instances could be too strong for you so you have to figure out clever ways of defeating them um even though they are too strong for you um i'll take bloodborne is is a very good example of this um when you 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 start out in in bloodborne there's no real help whatsoever um you start out on the first level um and um you meet these uh, mobs enemies that are kind of hard so going one versus multiple is pretty hard you're level zero basically you don't have a level um and to be able to um get to level one you have to find the first boss which you won't be able to defeat by the way okay this is a spoiler alert also for those that want to actually first five minutes of the game sorry guys <laughs> it's not the first five minutes this is the first <laughs> two days for most players i guess <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> uh, yeah but so so um to get to the first boss you have to defeat one enemy that is much much stronger than you uh but you have to do it in a clever way i'm not gonna say more than that so but but um you do have to defeat them there's like you can try to rush i guess but it doesn't work that well always um so a lot of the players i know specifically in that game a lot of the new players were like desperate they couldn't get to level one even it's like three days later i bought the game three days later i'm still level zero <laughs> and and was like well okay how do i get to level one i'm missing something here right so it's the game is not giving you any types of hints uh, whatsoever you have to figure out enemy mechanics to make it because generally speaking you are weaker than the enemies and also if the enemies are many uh you you won't stand a chance um and also you have to figure out clever sta- uh, um clever um, what do you call strategies um to defeat uh, much stronger enemies at some points during the game um so yeah it's it's a combination that's that's what makes it so hard um yeah all right but um i i recommend them they're very good i mean they're very very good <laughs> games um so 
if you if i think there's a new dark souls coming out um soon i think but um if you haven't played them i i would recommend to play them they're very very nice um i think uh, a lot of um our older audience will definitely enjoy them if they haven't already played them um but yeah um i want to i want to take the conversation back to like actual game development yeah. in terms of uh i'm seeing that the the time is about to run out here uh there's one type of feedback that we really didn't talk of uh or actually a couple of them and that's the actual feedback when you as a player play like music audio feedback the rumble features uh uh visual cues yeah yeah and one of the visual cues things that i really want to talk about is visual effects uh when i when i started to study at the university here in the intrepping no shopping uh, i really set out to become a visual effects artist that's what i wanted to do i want to become one of those guys in hollywood who makes awesome effects for uh video yeah now it really didn't turn out that way but i'm still interested in the vfx and one of the things that i really like uh, in terms of vfx is which i had to learn the hard way is how you create a cool visual effect that actually tells the player look out or this is the area that the effect will be applied on yeah uh, danger care for this thing uh, and one of the problems that I had with my game was that whenever you took uh, whenever you progressed within the match because this was a 2v2 game and there were a lot of minions that you had to convert in order to uh, get them to your team whenever you hit them with your swords you get this flashy effect hey congrats you just converted them to you uh, also you had these bloom effects and you had also the effects from from the trails where whenever you hit something with your sword there was this trail effect this slash effect if you will yeah from the uh, from the sword and also if you accidentally or intentionally hit one of the enemy champions you get these bursts because you managed to hit the the enemy yeah yeah and all of those things combined really made up for a really weird visual cue it was really weird for for players and they got really confused so i had to tone it back and i toned it back so much but it was still too much <laughs> uh, so yeah <laughs> i had to learn it the hard way uh and one of the developers of right games well not really developer there now anymore he went off and started his YouTube video, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, he talks about these visual effects and how how you, as a visual effects artist, are supposed to create a visual a VFX in three stages. And that for me was really, oh yeah, okay, I can I can get that. The first one is anticipation. You got to build something up. It could be a charge, for instance. It could yeah. be uh, an, an area that you designate something to. Uh, anything that could give the, the player some kind of feedback that, hey, something is about to go down. 
and then you had these uh, the second stage was was the actual execu execution and then you had the the aftermath if you will that if you had like a, uh, a poison effect for instance yeah. say that you have a grenade uh, just that you throw out and whenever that grenade sets off there is this lingering poison fume thing uh, those things there if you if you just take that effect and break it down in three stages as to this is where the the explosion is going to be this is the area effect and this is the aftermath uh just those three things when i took those back into my game uh, i really tried to apply it the, the the effects really just changed the game completely yeah which was cool really cool uh, to think in in terms of yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's uh, it's very important because it's very very hard with, you know, you don't want to give um you want to give visual cues as to prepare the player for what's about to happen kind of and give them a chance to react. Um but at the same time it can't be too cluttery or too much because then it just becomes confusing. Um yeah. And you don't you don't have to do it in in terms of visual effects. It could be some kind of animation. The same thing applies. Yeah. Say that you you're you're doing this simple slash attack. You can just start off with pulling the sword backwards, and then slashing it up. Yeah. But there's also these this notion that you have to give the player the pleasure of instant action. For instance, in 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 a game like, uh, say, a shooter game, whenever you press the the shoot button, you're expecting that something's about to happen, right? You expect the 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 weapon to fire off. Yeah. But that doesn't really work in 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 sword games or games that have actual physics. Yeah. Say, yeah. For, uh, you you really need to. Take Varus in League of Legends, for instance. He has a bow and arrow, right? Whenever you press to, to shoot a minion, you're expecting the arrow to be shot. You don't want him to wait to, until he charges the arrow and then shoots it up, right? Shoots yeah. it off. Yeah. And there is this, this tension between you as a developer to make this accurate, because that's what players expect. It looks as if this is something that should be done. Yeah. But then you want the player to feel uh, empowered because as soon as they press, something's actually something should happen, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's a really interesting discussion uh, going on there in a lot of uh, game dev companies. Maybe not in in these these details that I was just expressing right now, but definitely in in those terms. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a balance between. I guess instant, inst like you said, instant feedback to the player, and also making it look correct or something. I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. And like you said, in in shooters, that's no problem because you have probably some kind of a weapon. As soon as you shoot it, it shoots, right? Uh, but yeah. in other types of games, that that will be very very different. Uh, and also, but I'm, also I'm thinking, in shooters. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, Go I'm on. just also thinking that they also use sound to to make this um, 
kind of let's say expectation build up because uh, yeah. you know something is going to happen you hear a specific sound and you learn it and and stuff yeah and especially if you if you do a charge attack yeah that's one of the the easiest sound effect things to do in terms of you know that hey something's about to happen yeah do a yeah. charge attack yeah true uh you you said something about the fps games there uh that you expect stuff to be done instantaneously i just thought of a, a counter argument to that uh, and one of the things would be uh, pulling up changing weapons say that you have a handgun and a an actual rifle uh, in valorant they do this really well uh, it is really annoying but still it's a mechanic that they wanted to have in there uh, whenever you change the weapon there's this delay before you can actually shoot right yeah yeah, and that that goes into same. That's basically the same argument there. Uh, do you want the player to be able to shoot instantaneously as soon as they change weapons? That would mean that they can just shoot the sniper and change weapon and shoot instantaneously with a uh, new gun, right? Yeah, yeah. Or do you want them to, whenever they pull up the new sniper, have it to load, have it to sink in in the arms, feel the weight of the weapon, and then be able to shoot? Yeah. Yeah, which is what they actually went with. Yeah, but you still—I mean—that's that's quite uh, quite a good argument actually, because at the same time, you know, you as soon as you press to change the weapon, something does happen. It takes time, but it does happen. So you get that immediate yeah. feedback, but it just takes time. Um, so and I don't know how many times that I've like screamed at the uh, at the weapon. Come on, come on it builds up this tension right because you know you're about to get shot you're about to you're about to do something you yeah. know that you yeah. screwed something up you need to do something quickly either you use your teleportation skill if you're omen or whatever uh but there's this tension building up in you and i think that the developers when they set out to create this game that was one of the core things that they wanted people to feel yeah. right yeah because it's it's also when you actually succeed in doing that in timing it right it's it's a much bigger reward right if you yeah, exactly if you kill exactly. the other guy you know that you've you've actually accomplished something that is usually very hard but you just timed it right so that's that's you know uh, <clears throat> a positive feedback to you in some way um, exactly because you did it so yeah yeah i um i know i understand what you mean um and yeah it's uh i i know that uh vfx must be very very hard to do in a good way uh to be honest there are way too few uh vfx artists out there yeah if you're a vfx artist you can probably get a get a job anywhere <laughs> because uh, it's a dying species <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean good vfx is um is a make it or break it for games i guess to be honest, I mean, it doesn't really matter oh, they, what they make so much. I mean, you can have a prototype of a game that looks really crappy, but as soon as you throw in some VFX, you really start to level up the 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 game itself. Yeah, exactly. You raise the bar for the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even though it's just a prototype, right? Yeah, but you know, it it makes it look so much more professional. Uh, yeah. With with good good visual effects will will make will definitely make a game pop 
right? That's the point of it as well. And to be functional. It sets you off as an indie developer from other indie developers as well. I mean, yeah, there are so true. many... Because of this accessibility thing that everyone can just go in and create a game nowadays, the experience that you that you get from creating one game, going to the next one, going to the third one, you start to learn stuff that the first, the, the ones who start off just creating games from, like taking stuff from asset stores and putting it together and then here, you have something. Um, your game sets itself off by the polish, by yeah. the the thought process that went into creating this new new experience. Yeah. Even though it might be just like Flappy Birds, right? It's just a game that they threw in a bunch of assets. Now they made that game really hard, which was one of the things that let this game become so successful. Yeah, yeah, true. But um it's it's like you said, I mean it's it's the difference in polish and gamers will notice that to be honest yeah, exactly. i mean they, they they will see because people um have they expect these kinds of things as well exactly and and people have become better and better at judging games i would say just because people are gen generally playing more and more games so they they become more experienced in judging games and and seeing and comparing because you know i play this great game how does this comp compare to that one uh, it's the same genre maybe uh the same type of game how how is this compared to that one um yeah. so yeah people are becoming more and more educated in in game um judgment or what do you say evaluation maybe evaluation yeah yeah you do it subliminally of course as a gamer you don't even think about it but there are things about certain games that attract you right you can't put your finger on it but they do they give you this type of feedback that you really like they might have artwork and vfx that are really well polished and they they look dynamic for example all these things uh, like you said are feedback to the player and that's very important because it might be the difference between somebody actually buying a game and not buying a game to be honest yeah oh yeah. definitely okay well that was uh that was a good one um do you have anything more to add juice or do we end it there if i have a lot i have a lot to add, but we could probably make two or three episodes <laughs> i think uh, i think we should we should stop uh, info bombing people <laughs> well yeah it was a can... good one it was a nice episode i really yeah. love talking about feedback uh, and if you have feedback for us, you know, you can uh, send us a mail at puzzling.passion at gmail.com or you can uh, write on our Instagram. Um, it was a great subject, Juice. Thank you for the talk. Yeah, thank you. Okay, then uh, thank you for listening. See you next and, week. Uh, yeah, exactly. See you next week. Thank you, Juicy. Bye-bye. Goodbye. -bye.